This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Confession of faith. Number three, walk in love. Walk in love. If you are going to keep your healing, if you are going to walk in health, you have to walk in love. Amen. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor circumcision, but faith which worketh by love. When the Bible says faith works by love, what does that mean? There are two sides to that coin. One is this. The more we understand the love that God has for us, the easier it's going to be for our faith to work. That's the truth. If we don't know how much he loves us, how gracious and how good and how merciful and his benevolent disposition towards us is going to hinder our faith from working. But the other side of that coin is this. You see, that love that God has for us has also now been shed abroad in our hearts and we are to give expression to it. Now, in the new covenant, there's one commandment. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. Now, in the new covenant, the way a believer lives right, primarily, is by walking in love. We know that fellowship is the mother of faith. It's the parent of joy. It's the source of victory. Faith has no song when fellowship is broken. Amen. And in checking what the epistles say about healing and about sickness, there's a scripture that we had better look at. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Talking about walking in love. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is so crucial. This is one main reason there's so much sickness among believers. The reason the world is sick is a different reason. But the primary reason believers are sick is this reason. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll read from verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Now, this is not talking about he that eateth and drinketh unworthy. You know, sometimes you tell people, if you're a sinner, don't partake of communion. Have you heard that before? Yeah, if you're a sinner, come and partake of communion. Get healed on the communion table. Uh, get saved on the communion table. We'll say that if you're out of fellowship with God, don't partake of communion. Who needs a doctor? Is he the well man or a sick man? If you're out of fellowship with God, get on the communion table, my friend, and get in fellowship with God. Amen. You know, we try to fensible off of it. It's the very thing they need to help them. We shouldn't be fencing them off it. Amen. It doesn't say he that eateth and drinketh that is unworthy. He said, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, the manner in which we partake. Amen. Amen. Eateth and drinketh to himself. Damnation. That word damnation actually is condemnation. Not discerning the Lord's body. He now said, verse 30, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Sleep here, not the kind of sleep you slept yesterday and woke up this morning. Many die prematurely. Many die prematurely. For if we will judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. 
Yes, we preach divine healing. But believe me, this is divine healing too. This is as much divine healing. This scripture tells us the primary reason Christians are sick. The primary reason Christians are weak. The primary reason Christians die prematurely. And what reason was it? He said because they don't discern the Lord's body. What does it mean to discern the Lord's body? Two things. One is to understand that his body was broken for our physical sustenance. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. By his stripes were healed. The other side of it is this. You see, the body of Christ is one. And we are to discern that body. We are to walk in love towards the body of Christ. Towards believers. You know, sometimes, I've heard very much students, some, you know, who want to display an attitude like, we are the Rhema students. We know the word. See, you're looking for trouble when you start thinking like that. Yeah. Where your knowledge of God's word ends is where someone else's knowledge starts. Let me tell you something. We're all deficient by design. Amen. It's the entire body of Christ that is the body of Christ. Thank God for the supply that we bring. But you see, there is a chunk of God that's in that other person that's not in you and it's all of us coming together that forms the body of Christ the corporate body of Christ see one time brother Hagin was in a meeting this fellow was preaching and he perhaps he saw Kenneth Hagin there so maybe he deliberately wanted to skin the faith message you know when people want to skin your hide and they want to give it to you they know you're there maybe that was why maybe it wasn't but he said something derogatory about the faith message Brother Higgins said he very easily could have turned off. But he told himself, well, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he just doesn't mean that like that. He left it alone and he stayed open. Ten minutes after, the man gave the Bible answer to a question Brother Higgins had had for 25 years. Yes. That's why we need one another. We need one another. And we must discern the Lord's body. The body of Christ is one. See, there are some people who don't believe in divine healing. They don't speak in tongues. There are some people, you even will call them, some people will call them, oh, all those people, they're just law, law people. You know? All those people, they are Old Testament. You know, some of us are nasty sometimes in some of these things that we say. You know? Listen, if you want to live long and you want to be healthy, you better walk in love towards them. Otherwise, you'll get in trouble. Eh, but they are religious. Look, are they members of the same family? That you're a member of then you better discern the lord's body we can't afford not to walk in love you don't want to mess with it you don't want to go that route you don't you don't even want to try it it will open the door to the devil in first corinthians 5 paul said to them from verse 1 it is reported commonly that there's fornication among you and such fornication that is not so much as named among the gentiles that once you have his father's wife and ye have not rather mourned that he that had done this deed may be taken away from you. He now said, I verily as absent but present in spirit have judged already. That when ye are gathered together with my spirit, the power of the Lord Jesus. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh. That his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. Now if that guy died, where would he have gone? Heaven. Yes. Remember, if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. That we should not be condemned with the world. Are you listening? So God wants us to walk in love. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Love works no ill to its neighbor. 
Love is the fulfilling of the law. If we don't walk in love towards the body of Christ, we're going to open the door to sickness and disease on us. We will. We will. Amen. Sometimes you see, this fellow will say, I'm not going to fellowship with that fellow. That fellow will say, I'm not going to fellowship with the other fellow. No, our group doesn't mess with their group. Look, we're just looking for sickness. That's what we're looking. We're writing email to sickness. We're looking for premature death. When we start doing those things, the amount of bitterness, the amount of strife, the amount of ill will sometimes that we play with. And then sometimes we're not trying to exercise faith for healing. We're going to have a hard time doing that. If you're going to walk in health, you, are, you had better walk in love. You had better walk in love. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Does this minister, he preached in this church in a certain city, preached for three different churches. After a while, he decided he was going to start a church in the same city. So one of the pastors asked him, where will you get members from? He said, what do you mean, where will I get members from? I'll take some from you. I'll take some from him. I'll take some from the other person. Now, it hurts those people, hurt them badly. But you know what happened? By the time he had his church all set, he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the new covenant, I know. God is gracious, I know. But that's why we judge us, if we don't judge ourselves, so that we won't be condemned with the world. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious Father. He's so gracious... That he will judge us if we refuse to judge ourselves. Now, who was going to destroy that fellow's flesh? Was it God? No, it was the devil. Amen. But you notice that, even though that guy wasn't living right, as long as he had that fellowship with the brethren there, there was some protection he had. God is strong about the local church. Now, we have a rule in Rhema. And what's that rule? You don't change churches while you're attending school. Why do we have some of those things? The reason we do is because of this very reason. Eh, but my pastor, my pastor, in this church that I'm attending, they are like this, they are like that, they are like the other, they are like the other. Oh. You know, sometimes you'll see people who do things that are just nasty. Just nasty. In the name of attending Rema. In the name of you're exposed to revelation knowledge. Should you be a problem to your church? You shouldn't. You should be an asset. Is there any church that's perfect not on this side of heaven? If there was one, the moment you joined, it became imperfect. And the moment I joined, it became imperfect. Because we're not perfect. Are you listening? You know, imagine you go to your pastor and say, Pastor, that thing is not correct. No, this is what the word of God says. That's how to be an idiot. I-D-I-O-T. Idiot. That's why you're behaving like, yes, in caps. If we find out, if we ever find out you're having such an attitude like that, we will call you. We will love you. We will talk with you. We'll give you first warning. We'll give you second warning. And then we might send you somewhere. Amen. Look, should you be cantankerous because you're a Rema student? Should you be a problem for your pastor? Should you be a problem for your local church? Hey, but you don't know my church. You don't know the things I'm faced through. Listen, I may not know your church, but what will the love of God do? 
What will the love of God do? What will the love of God do? What will the love of God do? There is a way you will behave and your pastor will not approve for anybody else to come to Rema. And there's a way you will behave. And there was this guy, he wanted to come to Rema USA. His pastor said, no, I can't sign. I can't approve of him to go. You know, all that faith cult thing. You know, so he thought. Well, the fellow went to Rema, finished first year. Pastor said, well, how has it been? You know, you've learned all that faith thing, right? And how to get money. You know, because some people think that's what Rema is about, and it's not. And he replied, he said, the greatest thing I learned in Rema is walking in love. And the pastor broke down and started crying. There is a way we are to conduct ourselves. We're to conduct ourselves in love. The Bible says that love walketh no ill to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love walketh no ill to its neighbor. What will the love of God do? What will the love of God do? What will it do? The love of God has never split any man's church before. It never will. Love didn't do it. The love of God has never broken a home before. Love wouldn't do it. What will love do? What will love do? Before we do anything or see anything, sometimes it's just good to ask ourselves, what effect will this action have on the other person? What effect will this action have on the other person? What effect will these words I'm speaking, what effect will they have on the other person? What will love do? What will love do? What will love do? If you want to live long, believe me, you had better work in love. You had better work in love. Paul, who taught more grace than everybody else put together, he's the one that said, if we don't judge ourselves, we'll be judged. I'm sure it was James that said it. Somebody will have come up with one stuff and said, no, James was just talking law. Paul said it. Now, you know all scripture is inspired. But I'm glad the way it is, the apostle of grace said that. And that's part of scripture. And that's in the epistles. And that's written to the church. You know, the Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. And Paul said that too, right? To Christians in Galatia. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. You see, you know the problem with us many times. Like Charles Capps put it once. He said, don't make a truth become the truth. Don't. Look, Paul said in Acts 20, 27, he said, I've not shown to declare to you the entire counsel of God. Let's put all of God's word together. Don't just take some isolated scriptures and run off with them and leave the rest. Put everything together. Take all of God's word, rightly divided. You see, the written word is given to unveil the living word. Amen. And the law of the new covenant is the law of love. What will the love of God do? That's always the right thing to do. 1 Corinthians 13, we see the characteristics of that love. It endures long, it's patient and kind, never envious, doesn't boil over with jealousy. She's not boastful of inglorious, does not display itself utterly, not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It's not rude or unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. Takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong, 
does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. It rejoices when right and truth prevail. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. It endures all things without weakening. And you know what? It never fails. It never fades out. Never becomes obsolete. Never comes to an end. And that love is shed abroad in our hearts. We are loved children of the love God. The wonderful thing about it is that this is our nature. This is who we are. Amen. I'm strong on faith. I ought to. You ought to, too. I'm strong on prayer. I ought to. You ought to, too. I'm strong on tongues. You ought to. We ought to. I'm strong on being led by the Spirit. We ought to. But listen, we had better be strong on love, too. And let's put love first. Let's put love first. Love is the greatest. God is love much more than is anything else. We are to make walking in love our great aim and quest. Make it our goal. Make it our number one ambition to grow in love. Am I perfect in love? I'm not. But I'm walking at it. I'm walking at it. I'm walking at it. Amen. If we're going to walk in health, we are going to have to walk in love. If you have all ill will, look, I don't care what you say, what you do, what, how you hurt me. This is your problem, not mine. I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to fast about you to pray God's blessings on you. I'll do vigil about you just to pray God's blessings on you. I've learned something. If you're doing something that's hurting me and I'm praying for you, it becomes difficult for me to hold a grudge against you. And then it puts me in a place where God can speak to me and tell me specifically whatever you'd like me to do. Amen. Let's make a big deal out of this. Let's make a big deal out of this. And we have to if we want to walk in health. This is the primary reason there's so much sickness in churches. If you want to get believers well, you had better teach them about this. It's important. It's important. Discerning the Lord's body. Walking in love towards the body of Christ. 1 Timothy 1.19 says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some haven't put away concerning faith have made a shipwreck. If you don't keep a tender conscience, your faith will be shipwrecked. It will. 1 John 3, 20 and 21. If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. If our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. The only time we'll have confidence towards God is when our hearts aren't condemning us. And if we are out of fellowship with God, our hearts will condemn us. Are you listening? This is all a part of the grace message. Say amen to that, somebody. Amen. It's all a part of the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It's in the epistles. Some people will wish we could take it out, but they are late. It's there. And it's Paul that wrote it. Amen. So let's take the entire counsel of God's word. Not just some part of it. Thank God for who we are in Christ. But this is part of who we are in Christ. We're loved children of the love God. That's who we are in Christ. And we can walk in love. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Amen. And it's important we do this if we're going to walk in health. We can't live in sin, you know, and say, well, it's okay. Jesus died for my sins, past, present, and future. No matter what I do, if I keep doing it, no, it's okay. After all, there's no condemnation to me. My friend, look, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. 
he that sows to the flesh. You see, that's in the epistles. That's in Galatians 6. That's talking to believers. God is the father of mercies. God is long-suffering. Long-suffering. But the time is going to come, he's going to tell you, oh boy, if you don't straighten this thing out, I will straighten you out. Really, what really happens is this. You automatically open up yourself to the devil and God can't do anything about it. His hands get tied. Is that clear? Let's understand that. It's important we walk in love. If we don't, it can open the door to sickness. Don't permit strife. Don't permit bitterness. Don't permit unforgiveness. Jesus said, when you stand praying, somebody says, so we should stand up when we want to pray. Well, stand, kneel, sit, whatever. But the idea is, when we pray, forgive. We don't have to complicate forgiveness. This man, Brother Hagin, wanted to pray for him, 43-year-old man. He laid hands on the man to pray for his healing. He couldn't say the word heal. He said, Lord, I ask that you wanted to say heal. He said, bless this man. He just couldn't say. So he said, Lord, why can't I pray for his healing? God told him, I've been waiting on him 30 years for him to put away sin and wrongdoing in his life. He wouldn't do it. So he's going to die. The best you can do is pray for him that his last days will be better than the first. Another one about the same thing. Couldn't pray for the man's healing. He laid hands on the man. He felt a hand take his hand off. He laid hands on the man. He thought maybe he was holding him too tight. He opened his eyes. Then he saw an invisible hand take his hand off. He said, Lord, why can't I pray for his healing? Lord said, I've been waiting on him to straighten up. So many years. You know, he just wouldn't. So I've given him over to the devil for the destruction of his body. That his spirit be saved in the day of the Lord. Now, is that God's best? It's not. But believe me, it beats going to hell. You understand? Now, is it God who is destroying the person's body? It's not God. But because the person has persisted in living in sin and wrongdoing, I'm thinking of a certain individual. My God. Every time I think about this, it just breaks my heart. He didn't have to die. Didn't have to die. Such a gifted young man. Gifted young man. This happened many years ago. Well, some years ago. Gifted young man. God's hand was on his life. But he just wouldn't straighten out. He just wouldn't straighten out. He just wouldn't straighten out. Just wouldn't put away sin and wrongdoing. Well, he's in heaven now. But we should have had him still here. Amen. See, this is important. Walking in love. Let's make it a big deal. Praise God. Well, we have a whole 12-hour course on that. So you may want to dust your notes on the love class. Or go get the book again and look it up one more time. Is it part of this healing business? Very much so. Very much so. So I said, number one, get established in the word. Number two, hold fast your confession. Number three, walk in love. Number four, resist the devil. Resist the devil. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Of course, if you're not submitted to God, you're going to have a hard time resisting the devil. Now, when symptoms come and the devil camouflages them, tries to put them back on you, what do you do? Resist it. Stand against it. Tell the devil, no, you can't put that on me. Don't yield to the devil. It looks like some people's Bibles read, submit yourselves, therefore, to do is going to flee. What does it mean to flee? It means to run away from as in terror. Amen. Praise God. So I said, number one, get established in the word. Number two, hold fast your confession of faith. Number three, walk in love. Number four, resist the devil. Resist him. Number five, 
Maintain a prayer life. Maintain a prayer life. You say, what does this have to do with walking in health and keeping my healing? A lot. See, Jude 20 says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, praying in the Holy Ghost is not going to give you faith. The thing that gives us faith is God's word. But there's something about maintaining a prayer life that stimulates, especially praying in the Holy Ghost, that stimulates the faith that we already have. Are you listening to me? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, For which cause you think not? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You see, there is a daily renewal of our spirit in the Holy Ghost that goes to affect our bodies. You know, sometimes some of we, we faith folks who say, yes, I'm making my confessions. I'm speaking the word. I'm meditating in the word. But you know what I've seen? If we just pray some more in tongues also, amen, it will do a whole lot in helping us. Because as our spirits get renewed, it affects our bodies. Isaiah 40, 31 those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll man up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they'll not faint. So there's a renewal of our strength that comes when we walk in close, intimate fellowship with the Lord in the place of prayer. Ephesians 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, says, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, that we'll be able to withstand in the evil day and so on. But notice that we said sickness is from the devil, isn't it? Now, the Bible now says to be able to stand strong against the devil, what do you do? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, how do you become strong in the Lord? By being strong in his word. How do you become strong in the power of his might? Who is the power of God's might? Acts 1 8, where you shall receive power. Ability, efficiency, might. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The power of God's might is the Holy Ghost. Now, if the devil is the one that's behind sickness and we are to stand against him, then we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The power of God's might is the Holy Ghost. Now, how do we get strong in the Lord? Like I said, by being strong in the word. Look at the pieces of that armor. Six different pieces. All of them are connected to the word in one way or another. Then it now goes on in verse 18 to say, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What's that talking about? That's how to be strong in the power of God's might. By praying. James 5.16 says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, there's something about maintaining a prayer life. Praying in tongues. I'll suggest at least 30 minutes every day. Doing that. It does something to you on your inner man. And as your inner man gets renewed, it affects your body. There's a quickening it gives to your body. There's a quickening it gives to your body. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you. Now, if, you have, if you're born again, the Holy Ghost is in you. But that's talking about you appropriating his indwelling presence. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mother bodies by spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, you see, Matthew 8, 17 says himself took our infirmities, asthenia, and bear our sicknesses. So Jesus took our infirmities. But Romans 8, 26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. And it happens to be the same word, asthenia. The word helpeth their son, antilambanitai. It takes hold together with us against them. Yes, infirmities. We don't always know what to pray for as we are and so on. 
But you know, even in the area of sickness, sometimes you are confessing the word the best you know to. You are believing God's word the best you know to. You are meditating in the word the best you know to. What about praying a little more in the Holy Ghost? And let the Holy Ghost also take hold together with you against that situation. See, there is a renewing. There is a quickening that comes from praying in the spirit that affects our bodies. It stimulates our faith. Makes it easier for us to believe God. You know, Jesus' temptations in Luke 4, 1 to 13. Now, how did Jesus overcome the devil? Yes, he spoke the word, told the devil it is written. But there's something we many times uh, omit, and that's the fact that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and then he was prayed up. So he spoke the word, filled with the Spirit. Do you see that? There is something about staying filled with the Spirit, which comes from maintaining a prayer life. There's something it does to your body. There's something it does to your health. There's a whole lot it does to your health. There's a quickening it gives to your body. So appropriate that as well. Amen. Amen. So I said, number one, get established in the word. Number two, maintain your confession of faith. Number three, walk in love. Number four, resist the devil. Number five, maintain a prayer life. Number six, be led by the Holy Ghost. Be led by the Holy Ghost. What does being led by the Holy Ghost have to do with walking in health? My God, a whole lot. A whole lot. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One time, Roy Hicks, he went overseas, left the United States. And um, he was having some issues with his heart. Persistent heart symptoms. He confessed God's word the best he knew to. He did everything he knew to. The best he knew. But he wasn't getting better. So he said, Lord, what's happening? Well, what's going on here? Then the Lord spoke to him, put more salt in your food. <laughs> yeah. He put more salt in his food and he was perfectly well. See, the Spirit of God knew science and knew that he was sweating because he was in a hot, hotter climate than he was used to. And so there was an electrolyte imbalance. The sodium in his system was low and it was what was affecting his heart. The Spirit of God knew. And by listening to the Holy Ghost, he fixed it for him. Listen, if you're going to walk in health, you had better be led by the Spirit of God. You see, part of the reason we have the Holy Ghost is so that we can ex enjoy the exemption from harm that God has promised us. But sometimes we don't pay attention to him. You don't pay attention to him. Sometimes he will tell you, don't eat that food. Better pay attention to what he's telling you. Listen to him. He will guide us into the truth of the word of God. He will guide us concerning the plans and the purposes of God for our lives. And if we will just be led by the spirit of God, he will lead us into health. Brother Hagin said in 69 years that he was never attacked in body except he wasn't obeying God exactly. Most of the time, he said that was the issue. He wasn't quite doing what God told him to do. And it had to do with ministry. There was one time the Lord said to him, 1991, told him to start having Holy Ghost meetings. Well, he didn't start. Two years after, he hadn't started. Then he noticed his blood sugar level was a little on the high side. His blood pressure was a little on the high side. Then he had his um, 
He had some trouble also with his bowels. He got to seeking the Lord about it. The Lord asked him, what are you going to do about what I told you to do? Told you to start having Holy Ghost meetings. You didn't. So because you didn't, you opened the door to the enemy. Listen, we have to be led by the Spirit of God concerning God's plans and purposes for our lives. I told you how he went to pee one time and he was passing blood. And then he said, Lord, what's, what's the matter? And the Lord said, I told you, you are not going to pastor again. And I don't want you to ever think about pastoring again. Because you began to think about pastoring, that's what got you sick. You see, that was God's plan for his life. The Spirit of God knows what God's plans and purposes are for our lives. Don't think some of these things are not related. There are some people, you know, you see them, they keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to get their healing. And you almost seem not to be able to help them. Sometimes some of these things are the things that are involved. This missionary just couldn't get her healed. You know, she had bouts with sickness that were persistent. Then she got to talking one day and said, the Lord spoke to her and told her to go and do a certain thing for him, which she never did. He said, now I see. He says, is there a correlation between obeying the Spirit of God, following God's plans for our lives, and walking in health? Big time. Big time. All of it. You see, God is an all or none. He doesn't have half-price sales. If you want to enjoy health, believe me, you had better work with God. Better work in close fellowship with God. Whether be sold out to him. Obey his will. Obey God's plans. Obey God's direction. Be all. You see, we can't really claim God's best until we have given him our own best. Yes, he gave us his best in Jesus. He's not, I'm not talking about us paying the price. He paid the price. But we need to put ourselves in position whereby we can enjoy his best. See, Psalm 103 says, you know, who forgiveth, verse 3, all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Yes, this, those things are benefits we can claim. But one of the reasons we have the Holy Ghost is so that we can enjoy these blessings. Are you listening? It's like you want to travel. You believe God for protection. No evil befalls me. No plague comes near my dwelling. You've said that. And then you get inside the car and you have a check about going. Listen to me. Don't keep going. Stop and pray. Lord, what's this? Are you saying I shouldn't go? Are you saying I should wait? One time, Brother Higgy meant to meet, meet the Goodwins to agree with them about something. Brother Goodwin especially. He, he agreed. As soon as, you know, he, he traveled hours just to meet the man and agree with him in prayer on something. Get the man to agree with him. He finished. He got to his car to start going and then he just had a check to wait. So he waited. After about 15 minutes, he had a release to go. He started going. He got to a place and they told him there was this tanker that exploded and it happened just 15 minutes before he got there. He would have been at that very place at that time and he could have died. One day, John Lake was in his car, driving his car and then um, coming from the funeral of a young preacher. And he was coming from that young preacher's funeral. He said, Lord, why did you let him die? Such a precious man of God. Why did you let him die? Why did you let him die? He was busy saying that. And then the Lord said to him, move your car to the other side of the road. This was South Africa. He, he didn't do it. He kept driving. Oh, God, he was a, an awesome man. He served you with all his heart. He believed your word. Why did you let him die? Lord said to him again, move your car to the other side of the road. He didn't move it. He continued. 
About the third or fourth time around, it was more authoritative. Move your car to the other side of the road. Well, he did. What happened? There was a truck that had lost control. Was coming on the very side he was. What would have happened? That truck would have hit him. And then the Lord said, somebody would have been coming from your funeral. And would have been saying, oh God, why did you let John Lake die? He was a man of God. As soon as the Lord said that to him, he said, hmm, I see. Do you understand? Some of these things are all related. Yes, we should be strong in faith. But believe me, we should be led by the Holy Ghost. We should follow his leading. He will guide us. He will lead us. If he tells you don't go, don't go. If he tells you wait, then wait. If he tells you begin to exercise more. Now, you should be exercise more normally, just with good sense. But if he tells you that, he must know why he's telling you. If he tells you alter your diet, he knows what he's saying. Pay attention to him. Listen to the Holy Ghost. He's on the inside of us. And he will lead us. God wants us healthy. Well, the seventh one, you know, talking about how to keep our healing and walk in health. Seventh and the last point. Simple one. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. First Corinthians 1.30 says, But of him are ye in Christ, who of God, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is made unto us wisdom of God. Are you listening? So we are to use wisdom. The Bible talks about one man, Epaphroditus, in Philippians 2, 25 to 30. Now, this is in the epistles. This is about a believer who was sick and almost died. When I saw this, I wanted to pay attention to why. Why was that guy almost sick? And why did he almost die? The Bible tells us that, you know, he did not pay attention to his body. He neglected his body. See, there are some things your body needs. Your body needs good food. Somebody say good food. Yes, good food. Not apple in the morning. Then, uh, then, uh, uh, poundo in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, and then you say, how many pieces of meat? Mm-mm. I say, how many? I say, mm-mm now. Ah, don't you hear me? Yeah, that's not healthy. Our bodies need good food. Remember what James said in James 2. And talks about your brother that comes. And you don't give him the things that are needful for the body. There are some things that are needful for the body. They are needful for the body. It's cold, for instance. Or now, it's, I'm sweaty, right? If I just go to a room that's cold with the AC on... I'm trying to get myself a sore throat. That's just common sense. Yes. If there's such a drastic change in the weather of where I am and I expose myself to that kind of cold, it will affect me. And it's not the devil. It's just stupidity. Yes. Amen. Like sometimes there are safety hazards. I'm in the house. I'm going to touch an electric appliance. I'm always insulated. Sometimes some of those things have a short circuit on them. You now go and step on something and touch something and then we don't want to come to your funeral not now god said with long life he will satisfy us and show us the salvation so let's use wisdom the body needs good food the body needs good rest epaphroditus he did not regard his body and paul said that you know god had mercy on him paul it was really an act of mercy it was like, oh God, I just plead for mercy by healing that guy. 
Selfless by any means, he will have had sorrow upon sorrow. So there's a place of rest. Jesus called his disciples apart and said, let's have some leisure and let's rest. There's a place of rest. If you don't get good rest, you can have a heart attack. If you don't get good rest, there's some things in your body that can malfunction. Is there anything wrong with doing medical checks? Nothing. Nothing. Praise God. You see, we should be smart. Wise. Amen. Intelligent spiritually. Good food, good rest, good exercise. Those are some things needful for the body. Some safety precautions. They are things we need to, we need to take advantage of. Otherwise, the devil may mess us up. Amen. You know, you like to travel in the night. And travel with night bus. Now, it's a different thing if you couldn't afford otherwise. But if you can, some of those things, start doing less and less of them. You know, a, a, a machine is a machine. Something can go wrong. Are you listening? Yes, can something go wrong? It can. It's a machine. What if something goes wrong in the middle of nowhere? What are you going to do? So there's a place of just good wisdom. Good wisdom. And the wonderful thing is that Jesus is made unto us wisdom of God. So first, get established in the word. Second, hold fast your confession of faith. Third, walk in love. Fourth, resist the devil. Five, maintain a prayer life. Six, be led by the Holy Ghost. Seven, use wisdom. With that, we've come to the end of Christ the Healer. I know you folks, you want to have your party. I want you to have your party. I can hardly wait for you to have your party. You know, I know you can hardly wait to have your party. But let's just do one thing. We said yesterday that we'll minister to the sick. Now, it won't take us forever. Hmm? It won't take us forever. That's why I took the time to explain some things well. So that our faith is built up and we are ready to receive. Now, do you have to have hands laid on you to receive your healing? You don't. You can just act on the word you have heard. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. But you know, one of the methods of receiving healing is the laying on of hands. We talked about that yesterday. And hands can be laid from the standpoint of the law of contact and transmission. Amen. I told you how Jesus appeared to me, caught me to heaven, laid his right hand on my head, said to me, I've called you specially and anointed you specially to do what I've called you to do. Now I want you to go in the strength of that call. I told you how the Lord said to me that there's an anointing on my hands to minister to the sick. Now if you will believe that I'm anointed and you will receive that anointing, that power will flow from my hands into your body. It will drive out whatever sickness or disease. It will affect a healing and a cure in you. Now, because is this scripture out to pray for the sick? It is. But what I'm doing won't be that I'll be praying for the sick. I'll be ministering with the anointing. So I don't have to put my hand on you and keep it on you for one hour. The moment I touch you, let me give you some instructions if you are coming. Before you come, say what will happen. I will go out there, I'll have hands laid on me and I'll be healed. Say it. And keep saying it. And keep saying it. Now, when you come in the line, and look, whether it's demon activity, sickness or disease, that power will drive it out all the same. When you come and I'm laying hands, that's not the time to be singing. If you are releasing and I'm releasing at the same time, you won't receive. The moment hands are laid on you, you know, I mean, mm, hush. 
That's not the time to be singing. That's not the time to be praying, shouting in tongues. No. Is it good to pray in tongues? It's good, but that won't be the time for it. What do you do that moment from your heart? Begin to say from your heart, I believe that I receive my healing. I believe that I receive my healing. Once hands are laid on you, that's it. Amen. Then what do you do? You just go back to your seat and maintain your confession. Your healing could happen instantly. It could happen gradually. God is in both methods. But keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Moment hands are laid on you, you release your faith. I believe I receive. That's the moment you start believing you receive your healing. So you keep thanking God for your healing. You keep thanking God for your healing. You say, what about medication? What if I'm on some medication? You see, especially when it comes to some terminal things, taking those drugs won't heal you. And taking those drugs also won't stop you from getting healed. But sometimes those drugs can keep you alive until your faith can take a hold of your healing. Are you listening? Especially when it comes to certain cases. Is there... Is it possible that you're in a place where you don't need to continue your medication? It's possible. But if you're wondering, should I continue my drugs or not, you should. Are you listening? You should. Praise God. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's say this together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Healing is your will. Thank you for the laying on of hands. As hands get laid on the sick, God's power comes on them. Diseases leave. Demons go. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.